Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Annecy Basketball Podcast hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. And guess what? The projections are free, the rankings are free, and there's a premium mode. It's only a few bucks. You can link your team your during your draft to the premium tools and help you draft, help you keep track of your uh, mini leagues that you're probably in, help you win season and it's easily the best nba scheduler on the internet hashtag basketball.com go there uh immediately right now i'm your host mike katrin and joining me who is probably not paying attention who's probably watching 22 games since we are currently living in a time in a time period where real nba basketball is being played in our lives it is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? You know, Michael, if this was yesterday, I was actually trying to watch every game that was on uh, kind of at the same time. It was the uh, the day of returns, the day of comebacks, the day of I don't even know what. Um, so a lot of guys play who haven't played in a long time. We did see another one in Zion, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's too early to say anything about anybody, but I, I feel like it's hard not to react to some things you see. So um, I have been measured in all my approaches, but I have been watching a fair bit of the action that has been going down. Yeah, so, like, what is um, your philosophy about um, preseason and preparing for your fantasy basketball drafts, which are, I assume, coming up incredibly soon? I'm currently in a handful of slow drafts. Um, how does preseason affect your prep and or rankings uh, moving into the into your drafts? Um, I would say almost none. Oh, okay. Uh, I would say in a few select instances, right? If you see somebody doing something they have you've never seen them do before, right? Maybe you know somebody new is handling the ball like they've never handled the ball before. Maybe somebody is has a new shot. Um, something like that, that might play a bigger factor than than other things. Um, also, I would say the guys that I am looking hard at are the Zions, are the Jamal Murrays, are the, the Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Mavericks. Guys who suffered a season-ending injury last year, maybe didn't play at all. Kawhi Leonard, John Wall, guys like that, where I'm like, all right, how does this guy look to start the year? And... I'll say this, even for guys like Kawhi, who I actually thought looked really good, but if he hadn't, um, I might bump them down my board a little bit. Here's why. Let somebody else pick them, assuming they're going to get off to a slower start. Then look to trade for that person when they're not playing their best. That's pretty fair. <clears throat> I think those are pretty good observations. I think the most important thing is not to overreact or react much, like you're saying, to anything within... Um, the preseason but i like to look for hints into what rotations are going to be so let's just say something and i, I think it matters more for me that, like i don't care about the superstars i don't care about the first three or four rounds of players right like i, I i'm actually really not even looking at them i think it's better to look at their body of work but uh i'm looking at utah what, are they going to start kelly Olenek? let's let's pay attention there kelly Olenek is a relevant 
fancy player. And it's it's those margins, right, where I think you can get um, a little bit ahead. Um, is, let's just say, uh, Jaden Ivey for uh, the Pistons, right, had a nice game. Um, is he starter worthy? Is he starter minutes worthy? That might change my opinion on not drafting him versus maybe taking a flyer on him in the one of the last two rounds that's kind of how i use preseason just to see like is there a trend on the margins that can help me take a flyer or make a better late round pick but overall like if i see damian lillard shooting like 20 percent during preseason i don't give a shit i will answer your question for you jaden ivy is going to start jaden ivy is going to be good um, will he be standard fantasy worthy? Probably this year. Uh, yeah. Percentages are probably not going to be great. Um, I think all that's fair. I will say this too: you gotta. I wouldn't recommend doing the title of this podcast. I wouldn't be watching the boxes that closely. That's fair. You gotta actually watch the games because some of these guys like it looks like a real good game from somebody and you're going like yeah man this guy was awesome he played this much he did this he did that um but it all happened against all the guys from the other team who are not going to be on the other team in the regular season starts, yeah. right in two weeks from now they're playing against a guy who's not in the nba he's down back in the g league or whatever right and so I feel like if you're gonna take anything away from these games, you gotta be watching the games. And like, for example, you know, the Timberwolves played the Heat um, on Tuesday night. Timberwolves played Anthony Edwards. They play another starter. Maybe Jaden McDaniels. Maybe that's it. Like Townsend played, Gobert didn't play, D'Angelo Russell didn't play. So like, anything the Heat did, I wouldn't be super into. And the Heat, for that matter. They played Bam, they played Kyle Lauer, they played Tyler Hero, but they didn't play Butler. You know, they didn't play some of their guys. So you got to look at that too. Like, who's out there for the other team? Okay, you know, Zion's going crazy. Any, name any player, it doesn't matter. But is he doing it against the actual Bulls or is he doing it against uh, Costas Antetokounmpo and some other guy on the Bulls who ain't going to be there in a, in a little yeah. bit? Like, or um, let's, I mean, even go another step further, right? Let's say he's uh, playing quite a few minutes against the Siders. So what? Like, these games, uh, people are not, likely most of these players, maybe a handful of them who got that mentality, right, are giving 100%. But, you know, this isn't a full-strength game. It's not going to be full-minutes games, and it's not going to have the full intensity of any re- regular season game. So I think that's a very good point. Do not watch the boxes during the preseason, but you mentioned the Timberwolves, and I think we have to talk about um, Carl Anthony Towns. So apparently Carl Anthony Towns um, had a um, some sort of illness. We don't have any really details on that illness, but apparently the illness was so severe, right? Um, it rendered him, like, bedridden, basically. Uh, he's just getting back into practice, um, like, running around a court, and has lost over 17 pounds. And, like, these guys aren't fat, man. Like, these guys are cut. They have incredible, um, you know, like, um, uh, muscle mass, right? And that 70, like, that 70 pounds is likely muscle. Like, you sent me a video of him, and he looks like, you know, Donald Glover with a shirt off uh, as Charles Campino. He, he does not look like a full-on NBA player right now. Should we be worried about this? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, like, obviously, you're worried about Towns' health just as a, as a person in general. Like, he had a throat infection that caused him to have trouble breathing and forced to be bedridden for days. That is a direct quote from an ESPN article written by Brian Winter. It's like, that's scary, man. It's very that's scary. scary. Yeah, absolutely. As a person, right? And I know it's sometimes it's easy to forget that these are people. In the end of the day, they, these are people. Um, so, in that sense, yeah. Um, is he going to start the season? I think that's a, a question mark at this point, right? Yeah. Um, and it'll matter how... I mean, we've got what? The, the season starts on the 18th. So whenever you're listening to this, that's how many days we got, right? Until season starts. Um, I don't think we know yet if he's going to be ready. Is he going to be at full strength? I would guess probably not. It's going to take him a while to get that some of that weight put back on and to be kind of... Um, to a hundred percent, I would say. Um, would that keep me from picking him in the first round? I don't think so. It's kind of one of those things where, okay, you got away the potential, I guess, setback, right, with the talent of the player. Anthony Towns is um, easily one of my first round players. Um, he is in my one um, B section of my tiers. Oh, that uh, hopefully are posted up on patreon.com slash watching the boxes if I would get around to it. If I haven't, please tweet at me and tell me to get my act together. Um, but I got Cat Daddy up in my, you know, top eight. Um, and he... Is, this is a setback, certainly. But it's something that is going to set him back at the beginning of the season. And he he'll play his way back into full form and he's still a top tier player. When you get down into, I think the question is, does he go from like a one B to a one C? Do you take someone like Dame or Tatum or Trey over cat? Um, and I think if you want to go right ahead, uh, but I also, cause I think those guys are very similar, but um, I don't think you want to take him anywhere outside the first round. I'm with you there. Speaking of the first round, Tyler is once again time for the ever-popular, the most requested series of all time. Maybe we'll get around to the rest of the teams we didn't do in our 30 teams for 30 days. Maybe we'll get around to it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But we are definitely going to get to the most popular series. I will say this about the teams before we jump into this. Like, some of those teams, I mean, like, you mentioned it at the beginning. Utah. Do we still know what's happening with Utah? I don't know. I have no idea. Spurs. I, I don't know. Right. The Spurs have one point guard on their roster. So someone's going to have to handle the ball that's not a point guard. Someone's going to have to score, you know, at least 16 to 18 points a game. Someone's going to have to do that. Maybe it's, um, this is the first year one of us drafts Keldon Johnson. Right. And so those Probably teams not. are teams. You, those are teams you watch in the preseason. I don't think anything we would have told you last week or the week before would have really mattered for those teams. No, right? I don't. I don't think so. You did miss out on the opportunity for me to make all my Zion Williamson hot takes. Um, when we we might still do the Pelicans just for the Zion Williamson hot takes, although I may save them for for another rainy day. Um, the teams we did, like I think, are teams you can figure out. Like, I mean, like we didn't do them, but like. Detroit, okay, maybe Jaden Ivey we talked about. Maybe yeah. we talked about Katie Cunningham, but, like, 
you basically know what's going on there. You know what's going on in New York, right? Like, they're not that hard to figure out. Yeah, I think the uh, one, uh, maybe the one thing we would want to mention that we were talking about actually before the show is um, as, out of all the um, potential maybe breakout players, right, at watching the boxes here, we're very revert to the mean type of, uh, we do a lot of that analysis around reverting to the mean. Cade Cunningham, we don't have a lot of huge sample size, right, but he's trending in the right direction, and he has the uh, versatility fantasy-wise, right, across the board, the blocks, the steals, the threes, the points, the assists, the rebounds, right? He has that versatility where if you, you know, we're looking for a guy who can break out, well, I don't mind Cade, uh, taking a little bit of a, a chance on Cade Cunningham moving into um, maybe a, maybe a, having a leap this season but I, I hate to break it to you, Tyler. I've been seeing Cade Cunningham going in the second round ahead of incredibly good proven players, and that is not for me. Yeah, that's a mistake because then you're taking him at his ceiling. But I think it's it's useful for a player like Cade Cunningham to look at his per 36 numbers because at some point in his career, right, he's probably going to play like 35 minutes a game. So his per 36, like his stats might not be that far off that. Look at it at 6.1, 6.1 in rebounds and assists, 1.3, 0.7 blocks, 19.2 points. Now, take that 19.2 points with this. He shot 41.6% from the field. This dude's not a 41.6% career shooter, right? He had some rookie struggles. He's going to get better as a shooter. Mm-hmm. We talk about this guy going up to like 44, 45, 46, 47%, right? As he reaches his peak. I'm not talking about this year, but as he reaches his peak how you're going to get up to 22 23 24 25 points a game make small games in the assists and rebounds right like and that he has the fan- fantasy game to be a top 10 guy at absolutely his yeah at his peak right and the pathway to your peak isn't like you know very rarely do you get like a Dejounte murray uh and that was a very spe- specific situation with the spurs where he his usage was out of control right kate's going to be in a similar position right so what I don't want to do is take him at his peak until I know he's that type of player. Um, if you want to right. take him at the end, uh, the beginning of the third round or something like that, because you just maybe don't like who's available on the board and you'd rather take a chance. All right. Cool. Like, you got Jokic already. Maybe you take Kate Cunningham and maybe we will do that in our Who Do I Draft series. Here's the other thing, too. Like, when we talk about Dynasty Leagues, if you got a Dynasty League drafting, like, don't pick Kate Cunningham at five. Why? You could have the fifth best player right now. None of those guys are that old. Like, you could have okay, maybe Steph Luka Curry. Doncic goes number one because he's twenty three, right? But even if you, even if you're like, oh, you know, Steph Curry's too old. Take Jason Tatum. Take yeah. Trey Young. Take somebody who's young that's going to be in the top ten for the next twelve years, right? If you think he's already doing, he's going to stick that long, right? Like, don't bet on Kate Cunningham to keep getting better and keep getting better and keep getting better because at his peak, how much better is he than Jason Tatum? Right I'm not now. sure he is. Exactly. And that's why like, I don't see picking someone like Cade Cunningham you know, third, fourth, fifth overall in a dynasty league. Like, dude, take Giannis right now. Amazing. Absolutely. 27 years old, right? Like, LeBron is still playing at a really high level at 37. For Giannis, you got eight years. Yeah, don't get excited. Really, really high level elite production. Like, yeah. He's in his this prime. isn't even going to be around in eight years. 
What are you going to be doing in eight years, right? No. It's about what you were doing eight years ago. I don't want to think about what I was doing eight years ago, Tyler. <laughs> I was I was just graduating college eight years ago. That's how an old man of an I am man I am. I was doing a lot of um, recreational uh, substances. Uh, I'm doing just less of those now. That's that's the only thing that's changed really in the last eight years. Not 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 less enough, perhaps, to uh, <laughs> continue my um, livelihood. Um, Damning with faint praise. Yeah, I'm just killing my liver and my brain um, on a regular cool. basis. At some point. At some point in the next in the next year, I will have to make it out to Chicago for a for a Bulls game with Mike. Ooh. Watching the boxes live. We could do a lot. Watching the boxes live, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, you should do that. I think that'd be a, I think it'd be a great idea. Um, but all of that aside, right? It is time for America's favorite fantasy game. Fantasy segment? I don't know. It is time for. Who do I draft with Tyler and Mike? So cue the music. It was going to be really weird if one if it wasn't with Tyler and Mike. If the two with other people. We're going to come in, do this segment. We were just going to sit here and listen to them. Yeah, I was excited to hear what they had to say. Um, if you're not familiar with who do I draft, right, I'll give you the spiel. Um, every single year, this is uh, what we like to do. We like to... Um, Look at our first round, look at the consensus first round, and look at our first round and decide, all right, when we're building a team in a head-to-head, a 12-team, head-to-head team um, out of those first-round players, who else should I draft? It's in the name. It should explain itself. Um, who else should I draft for the next five, six, seven rounds? Um, we build these teams every year. We don't go much further past the sixth or seventh round simply because it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's such a crapshoot after that. Uh, we come with the philosophy, right? Uh, the watching the boxes philosophy is that we don't like to punt at all. We don't come into the um, season punting categories. We want to be competitive across the board. But players like Giannis um, might push us towards ignoring certain categories just to focus on um, dominating in the categories that Giannis is dominating in, or we might decide, uh, based on the players who are available in each round, that we want to balance out Giannis and complement him so we can compete um, across the board or in other um, categories that uh, make more sense for the players who are in the second, third, and fourth round. Because quite frankly, if you're looking at consensus rankings and if you're looking, you're listening to this podcast, you're on Twitter, you're probably not going to mess up the first round. You don't win a league in the first round. You win your league in those third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. That's where you win the league. You go best play. Uh, we try to do best player available in those first two rounds, and then we build the team out of the quality that we've already drafted. Right? Um, I guess is there any any other details you want to give to the uh, to the listener, Tyler? Um, I will say this. I think this is a common mistake people make. Right? And I think maybe you just mentioned it a second ago. You say, oh, I picked Giannis. I'm automatically punting what Giannis is bad at. I don't think that's how you play. Okay? Sure, you got Giannis. Say you got Giannis. I, I realize we're doing Jokic, but let's, let's say we got Giannis for a second. You're not great at free throws, right? And you're not great at threes. So you have a decision to make now, right? You could try to make those categories better. You could completely get rid of them. But again, like... 
why take certain players off the board that are really good three-point shooters, right? Like, if I come back in the next round with guys that are good in those categories, I might be really good in three-pointers after three or four players. You get what I'm saying? So, like, don't punt after your first player. That's the biggest mistake people make, I think. They go like, oh, I've got this person. I've got to punt this. No, no, don't do that. Especially early. Because it doesn't make any sense for you to start rearranging your entire um, ranking system based on a punt strategy so you can take, um, I don't know, uh, Zubac with your second or third round pick because that's what your rankings say, right? And it's like, well, one, Zubac, Zubac could be about, available later, about right? Those... And here's the other thing about those crazy punt strategies, too. Like, they box you in so much into being, like, the super elite at certain categories. It gives you zero chance to win the categories you're punting. It's zero chance. And if you have some injuries, you're now losing the categories that you're good in. Right? And those punt strategies that get crazy, right, for Giannis, like, threes and the free throws, you're going to be bad in assists. You're following like a rankings list where you go, oh, I'm punting these two things. You're going to be bad in assists, and you're probably going to be bad in steals. Okay, the 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 idea that you need to punt, and then you start ranking your players like back in the day when it's like, oh, Ron, if you do it right, Rondo is like the best, like the you know the twelfth best player in the league. It's like, yeah, sure, but you're like basically guaranteeing yourself to lose the other categories. You're guaranteeing a loss, yeah, even so, to the bad teams, even to the other teams who are punting the same category. Right. And so for me, in the first three rounds of a 12-team league, it's best player available, best player available, best player available for me. Uh, absolutely. And we're going to follow that philosophy and, and then obviously adjust uh, to either boost our existing uh, dominance and or complement our um you know our players by like evening out places we think we can get an advantage based on those first you know two or three uh players that we pick and this is how we do it right like i said standard league 12 team head-to-head um nine category we do we do we, I, we focus on nine category but honestly uh after all that uh, uh nonsense about how we don't punt categories uh, we don't. We certainly ignore turnovers for the most part. So we we don't rank them very high. We don't really look at the turnover category, even though it is a category. So we do kind of approach it as an eight uh, category league, and a lot of uh, leagues why. are eight category out there. This is why people ask me, like, okay, well, you say don't punt, and then you say I don't pay attention to turnovers. So why you wouldn't pay attention to turnovers? Okay, if you have the ball in your hands, your your chance to turn it over is much greater, right? All the best players in the league turn the ball over at some rate. Yes. So I like I want someone good at basketball. I think that was maybe my whole spiel right there was, right? Like I don't want to pick, you know, Miles Turner in the second round because I'm I need the blocks and I'm punting this category and that category and another category when I can have somebody who's really good at basketball, Kawhi Leonard in the second round. Who's better at basketball, Miles Turner or Kawhi Leonard? No shot at Miles Turner, man. Miles Turner, I actually like Miles Turner's game, but I'd give me Kawhi on on my actual basketball team ten times out of ten, right? Like, 
guys that are good at basketball have the basketball turn the basketball over. So I'm not really worried about yeah, it. You like, want them uh, to. It's a it's a it's correlated with other stats that make players good, right? The good players have a correlation with more turnovers. It's just as simple as that. Now you don't want to completely punt or uh, punt it because uh, and, that, and that's why if you go to hashtagbasketball.com, the ranking, uh, the way they weight uh, turnovers is is much lower than they they weight the other. Categories and you can actually switch those weights based on how you feel, um, which I think is a nice little feature. But like when Westbrook was like turning the ball over like five to six times uh, a game, that did matter. Oh, for sure. And it's not saying that it doesn't matter. But okay, I want to win turnovers. Well, I'll just play all these guys who play twenty minutes a game and never turn the ball over. Oh sh- crap! I lost the other eight. Like. I want somebody with the ball to get me points, to get me assists, to get me, you know, those things. You get a steal, you have the ball in your hands. Exactly. So, let's start our Who Do I Draft series with, or we should start, at the very top, at the number one, the consensus number one. Um, And the way we look at the available players is we go out to Yahoo ADP. So I hope, in a previous episode, I did encourage everybody to go out to Yahoo, start doing mock drafts 100 times a day, 200 times a day, to get the ADPs a little bit more accurate so we could do the Who Do I Draft You can listen to Mike's great... To Mike's great episode where he didn't pay any attention to the ADPs and he didn't... I don't think he even knew what players were in the draft. Um, I think he was... He thought it was a football mock draft, and then he found out it was basketball. Yeah, so I, you know, I, um, I didn't take my own advice. I didn't go out and do any mock drafts on Yahoo, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm a fantasy basketball expert, y'all. I'm just gonna go out and wing a mock draft on Yahoo without ever looking at the rankings, without doing any prep work, and I'm just gonna wing it. And I shit the bed. Uh, it is a horrible mock draft. I did a horrible, terrible job because I didn't even have my rankings in front of me. I didn't even have my tiers in front of me. And so it talked about my tiers and made them better. And I thought at least you got something out of that shit. But um, it was shit. And don't be don't be like me. Don't uh, be at all. Like, uh, come prepared. Come prepared to your draft. Like, that's rule number one. And I hope I, like, made an example of myself for you to learn that rule. Yes, fair enough. Um, I, I think I want to start off by saying this, right? We got Jokic number one, feeling good about that. But who do you want to pick here in your draft? Um, I think maybe this hmm. is a question that I want to ask again at the end. Because going into it, okay, and this is maybe where the mock drafts have helped you and I. I would say going into this year, I thought to myself, I don't really want to pick at number one. Because then I get 24 and 25, but then again, I don't pick forever, which I don't like. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a long it's a long wait to that next pick, um, and you really fall but, into a pretty far down. But then you've got Jokic, right? Um, I almost like it a little bit better because what I've noticed um, kind of like later in the first round, you're kind of stuck with a guard. And then you're kind of stuck with going with a, a riskier forward or another guard. And then as you go further down into the draft, there's a lot of really good guards in the third and fourth round. So you almost have to ignore some of these like people who've slipped, maybe like a Drew Holiday, in order to make your roster work. And a lot of the good forwards and centers are already off the board. Yeah, so we, we will talk about this probably in every one. There is a 
a cut line, as I like to call it, right? I want to have a center before this time. And for me, that cut line happens at ADP 51.3 with Mr. Jonas Valanciunas. If I don't have a center by Jonas Valanciunas, I am not going to like my center. Not going to like my team. Um, I'd even go a little bit it, further, right? If you're not... I want to... You need a forward or center by the end of the third round. Ah! Uh, there is... The say, forwards go off quick, and then the centers come off right afterwards. Are we sure that they're going to keep these positions, though, the way that they are? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, why is Bradley Beal not a small... Why is Bradley Beal not a forward? Good question. Bradley Beal plays shooting guard, plays small forward. Like, some of these positions i just don't like like to say any person nowadays plays one position is pretty much bs you can solve this entire problem by going all utilities out there or doing uh, a lot of forward centers uh guard forward spots uh, or guard only forward only center only um i despise and i would recommend everybody to delete point guard shooting guard like those the, no one those aren't real positions anymore well, and, and here's the perfect example. DeMar DeRozan, right? He's now suddenly this power forward. Wasn't he, like, for a decade a shooting guard? Exactly. So, like, is the position real? No, it's not. Um, I personally like two guards, two forwards, best utils. That's fair. I like that, too. I like getting rid of center. I don't think it's a real position anymore, either. Um, especially you're going to have Anthony Towns out there playing the four and Gobert playing the five, but are they really playing the four and the five? And even so, it doesn't really matter. Weird lineups too now that we see all the time where guys like, I don't know, throw out anybody, like someone weird that plays center. And you're like, well, he's the biggest guy out there, so I guess he's center. Yeah. Um, you could argue that the... Who's the point guard in the center. Right, you could argue the Mavericks ran lineups last year where Luka Doncic was the center. Was the tallest, biggest person on the court. True. Absolutely true. Um, oh, does he get, is he going to get any center eligibility? Well, no, he handled the ball, so now he's somehow point guard. He's also the biggest person. Uh, yeah, it's not real, right? Like, none know. of it's real. It's not real. Um, unfortunately, we have to play within those rules. Um, Jokic is just a center on Yahoo, which I think is also silly, uh, since he is uh, also kind of their de facto playmaker. So that's why he goes number one. He's an insanely good player. I don't even think we have to talk about why Jokic is going overall number one in a 12-team league. The next two picks are on the next turn, 24 and 25. Um, the way we do this is we go out to Yahoo ADP, like I said, um, and we go ahead and look at the players who are going to be available based on their ADP at 24 and 25. Now, I kind of want to make it a little bit harder on ourselves because there's um, there's a lot of t- there's a 23.8 and a 23.9. Donovan Mitchell is uh, going at 23.8. Sabonis is going at 23.9, showing that there is a bit of a discrepancy in that second round of when people are drafting who, where, when. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's where our cutoff is. I'm gonna say Bam out of bio is not available. Dejounte Murray is not available. Paul George not available. So we got Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis, Kawhi Leonard going at 26.8, Rudy Gobert at 27, Darius Garland, Fred Van Fleet, Jimmy Butler, all basically going at 28 according to Yahoo ADP. Uh, Pascal Siakam, Demar Derozan. Uh, and then Cade Cunningham at 33, Bradley Beal at 34. 
Uh, I don't think we need to go any further than that unless there is somebody down a little bit further you're a little bit interested in. There's a lot of value in this space, right? Like, there's a lot of third-round guys that I like. Um, it doesn't seem like there is, a, like you can see by these rate, uh, these ADPs, there is no consensus, right? Sometimes Donovan Mitchell's going earlier, let sometimes me, he's going later. Let me throw you a question here, okay? Why Leonard in 52 games the last time he played basketball? That's it. Just 52. That's all. Where in totals did he finish? I'm going to say 20. 19. Ooh, man, I'm good. Kawhi Leonard is a second round pick. The fact that he's not going a second round and you're taking people like Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving over him is criminal. It's foolish. I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question. Like, if you told me he's on the board, the rest of these guys are on the board, 100 times out of 100, I am picking Kawhi Leonard. I picked Kawhi Leonard just in a draft, a 12-team draft, that actually is, is playing it out with the sixth pick in the second round, and I felt really, really good about it. Yeah, that's a great spot. And let's just, you know, go through Kawhi Leonard's, uh, you know, stat line, pro- projected stat line on hashtagbasketball.com. He's going to shoot almost 50%. Um, granted, he's under two three-pointers um, a game, which is uh, actually kind of a little bit low, a little bit around average uh, in the league these days. 23.5 points, six rebounds, four and a half assists, 1.4 steals, a half a block a game. Um, my Leonard is absolutely insanely good. He is, per game, right, a first-round talent. Multiple years. So to get him here at the turn, which uh, he is available, I think we have to pencil him in with one of the two of our picks. That way we got our forward, we got our center, we're doing great in points, We're do- and then uh, he compliments him pretty much everywhere. I mean, you, it's hard to not compliment Jokic when Jokic does everything. Um, I would say the one thing that he does not compliment Jokic is the fact with center forward, right? Is that our threes are probably, are are pretty low. And for having a center and a forward, our blocks are kind of low, right? So with the other pick, we could either go um, guard centric with a a good three point shooter, uh, like a kind of an out of control three point shooter, like, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Donovan Mitchell, or we could go in a different direction, right? Both of those guys are very good at field goal, percentages and i've been i've been probably personally responsible for moving fred van fleet up the adp because i've been taking him closer to the turn than i have uh closer to the the first round turn than the second round turn oh in my rankings i have don or i have don mitchell 20 i have fred van fleet at 19 oh fred van fleet i have quite leonard at 13 if you really want to know the answer to this question um so i in this draft I would say that in my personal rankings, he, if we take Fred Van Vliet, we have the first, the 13th, and the 19th ranked player. So we have three top 20 players going three Man, rounds. that is a nice, absolutely nice start. I think when you look at Donovan Mitchell, right, you're going to get great scoring. You're going to get great threes. Um, the reason Fred Van Vliet may be on certain rankings or certain sites, um, even, right, even hashtagbasketball.com, right, has Fred Van Fleet at 28 per game overall. 
let's just uh, ignore field goal for a second. And right, I'm ignoring, I'm not punting. Because we have great field goal uh, from both Jokic and Kawhi, so we could actually be still above average within our league and take a guy like Fred Van Fleet who shoots around 40%. Uh, Here's the, the thing I don't oh, hold get on about one second. too. Fred Van Fleet last year. Fred Van Fleet, when you ignore field goals, 12th best player in the league. He was the 21st ranked player last year in per game value. Played 65 games, elite threes, 20 points, 6.7 assists, 1.7 steals, elite steals. So good rebounds for a guard. Like, he has one crap category. Half a block from a point guard. Great. Like, I think Fred Van Vliet is kind of criminally underrated. And so I, I would go Van Vliet here. I just feel like he gives you another really good player. Uh, he boosts those assists, which are really good now, right? Yeah. Assists are going to be um, harder to find by the time it gets back to us at the 48-49 spot. Um, his points, maybe not, maybe not up to snuff. Um, but you just got two guys who get great points, right? So these guys, re- all three of these guys really complement uh, each other across the board, except for maybe blocks, and that might be the, the, the stat we ignore. Yeah, and I just feel like um, these three guys too, right? Like, they have us elite-ish in, in, in seven categories, right? And I don't think you're going to get that from drafting any other player. No, I like Like, starting with Jokic, you need that Jokic start mm-hmm. to get that, that advantage, so to speak. Yeah, and I really love the, um, the fact that you can go look at Jokic and be like, probably one of the best rebounders in the, in the league, done. Like, you know, your rebounds are going to be so good. Uh, your steals, you're going to, de- with these three players, you're going to destroy people in steals. Uh, you're going to have uh, a guy who's uh, up there with uh, assists on, on Trevor Fleet. And then you're also going to have a guy who gets more assists out of your center. So you're destroying people in assists and steals already. Everything else is... Actually, everything else is not a problem. Um, Maybe this is a question you can answer. What is the average center assist? Do you know? Like two oh, and a half, I'm going to guess it's two. Two points more. Okay, so you're so you're six up in that that spot alone, right? Crazy. Yoga is gonna get you damn near eight. Yeah, and you're not like oh I'll just get a guard who doesn't get assists to like balance that out, which you could do. Like you can go Donovan Mitchell who gets pretty good assists for a guard, but not like point guard assists. Evan Fleet I think is the right choice here. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell would be fine. Uh, let's move to the fourth and fifth rounds. The next turn that you get to pick at, um, we got Jokic, we got Kawhi, we got Fred Van Fleet. We're looking really great in every category other than blocks, probably. Here's who's available around 48. Um, CJ McCollum, Chris Middleton going at 50, Desmond Bain going at 50. By the way, I'm going to own a lot of Fred Van Fleet if he's going at 28. I'm going to own a lot of uh, Middleton and Bain if they're going at 50. Terry Rozier at 51, Jonas Valanciunas at 51, Brandon Ingram, Christian Wood, Josh Giddy, Johnny Collins, OG Ananobi, Tyrese Maxey, Clay Thompson, Mikel Bridges. I don't think I'm going to go any further than that. Um, the question for me here, and I think this is maybe the most important question to ask right now, is how long is Middleton out? Yes, and I don't think we have a, a true answer to that, correct? Right. Um, 
They say early. he's likely to miss the start of the season. Should be ready seen that. early in our season is the quote. Yeah, sometimes that's not, not so bad. Other times it's long time. Um, I am a little concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And so is it a shooting risk? Now again, um, there's a nice little discount baked in. Right, he's going at fifty. He's not. He's not the fiftieth ranked player. Oh, so um, that's a nice little discount you get baked baked into this pie. But here, I don't think we need to take on the risk. Same. Right? We have the we have the best player, and so normally I'd be like, "Oh, dude, Middleton, great value. Hopefully, he's back soon. We get a really good guy. You know, blah blah blah." But here I'm like, why? Why would I take on that risk? Like, I can get someone else really good, and I have the best player. I have two really good players beside him. Like, do I want to sit here and wait for Middleton to get healthy for half the season? No, forget yeah, that. Same with, like, I know Chris Stats Porzingis is, is, is 47.7, so I did not include him here. I'd feel if Chris Stats Porzingis was sitting there, right, I'd actually kind of feel the same way. I know he's, like, a top 24 per game player, like, top 25, top 20 per game player, actually. Um, is I don't know if that risk is that risk worth it to you? No, it's not for like 40 50 games, maybe you've got a team that could you can win like with these top three players, like you're sitting pretty. I I, I don't think you should risk it. I, I, I completely agree. I'd rather risk it with Middleton over Porzingis, yeah, me too, for sure. Um, so for me, right, it comes down to who do I want here? Um, I think you mentioned one of the guys I want. I want Desmond Bain. I feel like Desmond Bain, you know, was the 49th ranked player last year, so that's where you're picking, right? 48-49. He's now going to have to score more as long as Jaron Jackson's out. He gets you good three-pointers, three a game last year. I think he's going to be closer to 20 points a game this year. Some good steals, which is another category we're good at. Like, I feel like Desmond Bain gives you kind of a nice little player right there. Now, the next pick, it's really between two people for me between Chris Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you so far. I I, I don't think I'm going to dis... Bain was my first um, thought, my first vibe. My other thought would be CJ McCollum um, just to get the, the, the points, right? Like to get those kind of really, really good points. But with Zion back, right, how good are those points going to be? So Desmond May does feel like um, the safer choice, and also percentage-wise, Desmond Bain shoots ninety percent from the line, y'all. Right, and I actually think Bain could get a few more free throws this year, yeah. especially early on, based on that take foul rule. You get you can pick the person, right? If there's a take foul in the game, you can pick the person that goes to the line. Why would you not send Desmond Bain to the line for the Grizzlies? That is, that is a very interesting little. Um... It's a rule that you would think like, oh, this doesn't matter, but it's like, um, I don't know if anybody out there plays um, English Premier League fantasy, but I, I recently got into it due to some uh, some uh, peer pressure with some friends, and I also like, I like the Premier League. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. This keeps me more interested. Um, there is a benefit to having a um, player on your team that takes free kicks because they're more likely to get an assist or a goal, right? Well, the best free throw shooter on the team suddenly in the NBA, one, one and a half. Is it 1.5 more free throw? Is it 2.5? Is it 3, 4.5? 
more free throws a game simply by being the designated free throw person, it might matter, and it, it might matter a lot. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting little thing. Um, when you look at McCollum against Ingram, and this is why I think kind of there's a little um, a mess up in that ADP. So last year, Ingram was the 50th ranked player. Mm-hmm. McCollum was the 59th ranked player. And you can say, oh, McCollum had a bad free throw year, and that's true. But, like, if I'm looking at a pecking order in New Orleans, as far as scoring goes, isn't Ingram the number two behind Zion? And if Zion goes out, isn't Ingram the number one? Definitely, and we've. And I'm not even call. I'm not. I'm not going to call these guys a big three. I'm not even going to call them, um, you know, really superstars. Like really, Ingram's the one who's proven himself uh, the most here, right? Whenever you see three really good players, really good scores get together in any other situation, right? Two guys eat. They. Uh, you don't worry about them playing together. They eat. They learn how to play off each other. But the third guy usually suffers. Seems like C.J. McCollum's the third guy. And then again, like I don't know why we're it's all Pelicans here, right? But like the other guy I'm thinking about is Valanciunas because even with Zion back, like Zion's not a great rebounder. So isn't Jonas still getting you like ten rebounds a game? Yeah. So still out there. great percentages. Everyone everyone thinks a Zion's gonna average like thirteen rebounds a game. Not probably not gonna happen. Dude, he's gonna get like seven a game again. There's no reason to think he gets more. None whatsoever. He played with Steven Adams the last time, right? It was Steven Adams on the team? Am I wrong about that? Isn't Jonas a better rebounder than Steven Adams? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he's going to get less. He's going to get less than he's going to get more, but whatever. Um, I think you like. I, I agree with you that I think we have to go big here. Like Terry Rozier is sitting there. I'd rather have Bain's percentages than Terry Rozier. Um, though even though Terry Rozier would get you uh, good threes, good steals, and just keep you building in the, in those categories, I think Bain basically does a lot of the same things that Terry Rozier does, minus uh, the assists there. But you're you're sitting really really good in assists, right? Um, I think you gotta go big here, and I don't know. Do you want a you know? A guy who can play center, like Valanciunas, or do you want to take a little bit of a chance on Ingram kind of continuing his trajectory into getting better slowly every single year? So, for me, I I want the points, because I just feel like there's not going to be that many points left after this. Like, So, you're talking about two guys, probably between them can average pretty close to 20 a game. Like, I, I really kind of want that. And I'm also, I guess, maybe most worried about... So Jonas scored 17.8 a game last year, right? Now he's the fourth option there. So he finished 38th. I still think he's going to be a top 50 guy. Pretty darn close. But, you know, how low are those points? Is it down to, like, 13, 14, 12? So that's kind of my little worry there about him. Um, so I think I'd probably go Ingram. I'd probably go Bain and Ingram. Okay. Then you just got, you know, two really good wing-type guys there. You know, I um, think I'm going to lean Jonas, actually. And I think this is perfectly fine. Uh, every team gets built differently. And I'm going to lean Jonas, and here, here's why, right? I think our points are already really, really good. Um, I want... I like to play percentages. Like, and our percentages are also 
very good. I want Jonas's percentages. I want a center who shoots above 80% from the line. Um, I want to destroy people in rebounds as well. And this kind of gives you that extra, um, basically the freedom to like really just not worry about rebounds ever again for the rest of the draft uh, if you go Valanchunas. Um, Ingram... Well, and this is what I said too. Points, this is right. Jonas no is points really or about... go rebounds, and I think either one's perfectly fine because you're doing great in both. Here's really the the maybe the thing that would also separate it for Jonas for a lot of people. I think Jonas is the last center I truly want. Yes, and now you can every, also every... play him. At, you know, you know what I mean. Like if something happens to Jokic, you got a center. Like, okay, yeah, sure, you can get guys like Podol and Clint Capella and Wendell Carter, and, like, okay, they're, they're okay, they're fine. And we do have Jokic, so we those would be our second centers, too. But, like, do I really want any of those players? Especially, they're all getting bumped up a little bit because there's no center. Yes, exactly. That's one reason why I like to personally play with no center. Because you're either getting a guy, you're getting the handful of guys that get blocks, or you're getting nobody. Pretty much. Yeah. So, I... I don't really see the need for the category, the, the position, right? Like, I think no. this might be the first time we've looked at Brandon Ingram in a Who Do I Draft? The first time we've actually picked hey, him. There's the, first, there's the first time for everything. Mike. Absolutely. Um, I think either one works here, Ingram or uh, Jonas. Um, I, I, I actually play a little gamesmanship here. What do you think about this, Tyler? Look around your league. Look at who has centers, who's desperate for centers, who, um, right? Like, who is, uh, is everybody got a center sitting on their team? Or are there quite a few people who are desperate for centers who are about to take Jonas Valanciunas? Guess what? You put Jokic and Jonas Valanciunas on your team, you are now um, a valuable trade target. Um, and you're preventing another person from getting a double-digit rebounder on their team. It's kind of a little bit of a twofold. So... Maybe look around your league, see uh, during the draft. Uh, that's hard to do, right? If you're in a very quick draft, but uh, you know, maybe that would be the, uh, the 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 deciding factor for me for Jonas over Ingram. I think either one of them are perfectly fine. Uh, let's move into the f- whoa. We're already in the sixth, and of course, we'll just do the seventh pick. We usually do top six, but the seventh pick is right afterwards, so we might as well move to the seventy-second and seventy-third pick in the draft, and this is where. We start getting into that plateau region we talk about a lot here. Um, once you're outside of that top 50, right, top, into the top 45, top 50, those are the tiers. Those are your best players. Those are the players we've built a team around, right? We got Jokic quad. Um, so our percentages are great. Um, our points are great. We got Fred Van Fleet to boost our assists. Our steals are out of this world. We got Bain to boost our percentages. Again, give us good stat, um, good points. Um, good steals again. So we're really destroying everybody in every in almost every category other than blocks, I would say. Um, if you went Ingram, maybe our rebounds need a little bit uh, of a bump. If we went Jonas, maybe our points need a little bit of a bump. Let's go see who is available at 72 and 73. Start with Paulo Benchero, Acapotal, Jalen Green, Houston. Uh, Clint Capella, a lot of centers coming off the board here at this hour. Keldon Johnson, Tyler Hero, Draymond Green, Wendell Carter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons, Buddy Heald, Andrew Wiggins. And I'm going to go further this time because down here in this plateau region, all these guys are kind of similar, right? 
Um, Andrew Wiggins, Franz Wagner, Jamal Murray oh, is sitting here at 82. There's a man right there. there he is. A man I have got my eye directly so, on. I am staring him unfortunately, down. Unfortunately, Tyler, for every single Who Do I Draft, we're going to be taking Jamal Murray at 82. So, okay. so do we, do we outlaw a, a, Jamal Murray from Who Do I Draft? No, no. First, because this is the first one, so you can't. Yeah, we're not outlaw him yet, one. but if we, we're gonna have to outlaw him. If you, if listeners, if you don't go out there and do a hundred or two hundred mock drafts a day and move Jamal Murray up the board, we're gonna, we're gonna have to outlaw yeah, whoa, him from, from so, who I draft. But let's let's say this piece real quick before we get too far away from it. All right, Jamal Murray. Yes, he only played forty-eight games the last season that he played. Right, only forty-eight games. Right? He finished thirty-seventh in per game. I just told you that. 37. Yep. Where did he finish in totals? Now, I just told you how many games he played. It was not a lot, not right? A lot. How, many did he, how many games did he play? Just told you, Michael. Pay attention. 48. Wait. Hard to pay attention when you're um, looking at other stuff. I think he might have finished a 75th. 71st. Oh, man. I'm, I'm on today. Why in the Sam hell is he going 88th? doesn't make any sense he played a half a season and in totals finished um higher than he's currently being drafted he's being drafted literally yeah, above so, colin sexton i like i i don't even i don't know i don't understand this this is one that'll make me scratch my head like i would be thinking in a in a tyler only draft okay with me against me against me against me against uh. me i have jamal murray inside the top 50 pretty easily he's in, i'm looking at him hard in my fourth round Absolutely, that that four five spot. I, that's where I think I did take Jamal Murray in a, in another draft when I picked first uh, with the Jokic. Right, and so yes, they're on the same team. I don't care about that. Uh, I think that's definitely the pick. Yeah, if you're in a the number casual one, league, put a circle. On you're that. gonna hit Jamal Murray. You're gonna get him. You're probably someone's gonna. If you're in a little bit more of a sharps league, he's probably gonna be off the board there. But we're gonna pencil him in here. Uh, and have an absolute dominant team. But I, I do think going guard forward here um, is a good idea. Um, and also, if you didn't notice, I'm sure you all are listening, right? Um, I listed a lot of centers coming off the board here, Clint Capella. Centers that, like, I don't really, you know, aren't really good, good centers or want. Maybe Draymond <laughs> Green. Uh, I like Draymond Green. I don't, now, that might be my other pick, why, right? This is why I went with Ingram. Get the See, points. you didn't know this, but but I was working ahead a little bit. Oh, uh, right? here we go. Um, so Raymond Green here, right? If I got, if I banked Ingram's twenty and Desmond Bain's twenty, so basically every guy I got is averaging twenty. Yeah, which is crazy. Plus, right now I have the freedom to go with a Draymond Green. You're going to say, ooh, Dream of the Kids. He scores six points a game. What a loser. Right? And you can say that all you want. You can say it twice. You can say it 402 times. I don't really care. Okay? Draymond Green, last year, right? When you're looking at per game value. Now, Draymond Green's going to need to be a little bit healthier. Uh-huh. Obviously, he only played 46 games. Okay? Uh-huh. Draymond Green per game value finished 55th. It's like in the 70s. And sure, if you take out some of his bad categories, like seven assists, seven rebounds, 1.3 steals, 1.1 blocks. 
I think we're getting too competitive-ish in blocks. Yeah, I, 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 I if even if with with one block there, right? Plus the half a block here, half a block there, right? Someone out there is punting blocks. Maybe two people are punting blocks. You're gonna beat them for sure because you didn't punt blocks. You ignored them. Um, now with Draymond, right? You might be, yeah, you might be approaching closer to average. And, and blocks are fickle. So on the occasional week, you might take some of those those categories. Instead of losing that category every single week, you might take some of those. I think you're like seventh. Yeah. I, I'm honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, I think with – because Jokic is basically getting you a block, yeah. right? So you got two blocks right there. How many other guys have freaking Rudy Gobert or they have Miles Turner, but then they got guys like Donovan Mitchell getting you .2 blocks, and they got – you know, Chris Paul getting you point three. Like you're you're competitive ish in that category. Like more competitive than you think. Why well, is almost giving you a block? Fred Van Fleet's giving you a half a block. Uh, Bane's almost That's giving you saying. a half a block, and all of a sudden you're looking around. And it's like, hey, I get a lot of blocks for a week. Right. Um, you're also elite in steals. You're number one. You're you number be, one in steals. You're also pretty damn elite in you're assists. Probably number one in assists. Right. It rebounds like Probably okay. Top three I, I may not be the, I may not be the best, right? But and then I and then even with Draymond's, I say Draymond scores less this year than he did last year. He scored seven and a half. Maybe he only scores six. I still think I'm top two in points. We have a lot of twenty point scorers, right? There's good. Every team's going to have someone who doesn't have a twenty point score on it, other than probably you, Desmond Bain. Uh, scored 18.2 last year. That's close, pretty close to 20. I would say this does, Draymond does hurt your three-pointer and your free throw, but you've built a really good team around free throws. Draymond, not a volume shooter at free throws. You're probably going to win uh, field goal percentage. You're definitely in the top half of field goals. Or excuse me, free throws. You're definitely still in the top half of free throws. You're definitely in the top three or four in points and rebounds. I don't think you're much of. I, I think you're above average in um, threes as well. Teed winning three categories, maybe four categories, almost every single week. That's what I'm saying. Field goal, assists, steals. Probably, I, I think we're really good at rebounds. Actually, the more I'm looking at this, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just feel like if you go. If you go someone like Ingram and then you go back with Draymond and you get Jamal Murray, like you're just a really good solid team in like every category. Yeah, and this is why we don't punt. And right, and then if you went with Valanciunas, I probably wouldn't go with Green. Yeah, that's fair. So in your build, I would actually go with Jeremy Grant. So you would go back to the points. I think Jeremy Grant. Yeah, because I think Jeremy Grant's going to have to score. What, 17, 18, 19, 20 yeah. a game on Portland? Maybe maybe Anthony Simons gets in there, right? But, like, still the Blazers need dudes that can score. They don't really – they got Lillard. They got Anthony Simons. But, like, after that, what do they got? I might lean either Jeremy um, Grant or I might lean Buddy Heal. I'll get the threes. He's a good but, scorer. But here's the, thing I, here's the thing I like about Grant. The thing I like about Grant is one and one potential. One steal, one block. I think that defense is going to be even better in Portland. Chauncey Billups has is, is really been trying to preach the defense. Like, I like that little one steal, one block, like kind of, again, like another guy that can help you get to where you're pretty competitive in blocks, I think. I think this is a pretty dominant team, and this, I think, is a great example of why we don't punt. Because, come playoff time, 
because uh, your team is a playoff team. You got Jokic for God's sakes. Come playoff time, right? Get the wrong matchup with a team that just happens to be better than you than the things that you're already dominant in, and then they're better than you in some of the punt things. You're gonna lose. You know, there's certain teams that just match up better against you if you're punting everything. But this team, you're competitive almost everywhere. Um, you're not last in anything, and you're absolutely dominant in three to four categories. So you're get you only really need to win one of those other you know five categories. Um, that you just need to pull one of those in. Like all you need to do. So maybe one week you happen to pull in um, points, and the next week you pull in free throw percentage. Like all you gotta do is win one of those. But if you if you pigeonhole yourself into a punting strategy. You're not going to compete in half the categories, or you know, two or three very specific categories. Um, so, I think that's the big difference, and that's why we build teams like this. So let's uh, let's reiterate, Tyler. We got Jokic, obviously number one overall on the turn, second and third. Kawhi and Fred Van Fleet building up those assists, building up our percentages. Kawhi all around great. Desmond Bain, Brandon went, uh, Brandon Ingram uh, for uh, Tyler here. I went Jones Von Chunas. I think both of those are very worthy. And then down um, in the sixth and seventh round, Jamal Murray's still sitting there, guys. I don't know what Jamal Murray's doing being drafted uh, past 80. So we're taking Jamal Murray uh, 10 out of 10 times there. Tyler went with um, Ingram in the fifth round for the scoring. Goes Draymond for the blocks the steals the assists what a great compliment to Jokic uh and the rebounds even though he doesn't score we got a lot of scores on the team uh a, a different compliment would be if you already went Jonas you got the rebounds you got the blocks you go a, a good scorer like potentially Jeremy Grant uh Buddy healed to get the threes back up if you if, if you want um I actually like Buddy this year I don't know I don't know I think people are some people are out on Buddy but I, I think Buddy has a lot of potential in Indiana uh, Buddy can score like 25 a game. The question is, how much playmaking does Buddy do? Buddy needs to get some assists for him to be uh, a real good value, and we've seen it kind of go up and down and spike a little bit, so um, it'll be interesting to see what Buddy does this year. For sure. Yeah, well, you know, while Jeremy Grant probably is the second uh, leading scorer on uh, Portland and also gets you that block and steal threat. Right, and he's uh, he's a good scorer. He is instead of scoring a bunch of threes, he only scores two, but that's still pretty good. Uh, this team is pretty destructive. Like it, it, this is a top tier team, and that's why you know early you talked about this at the beginning of the show. Let's talk about it at the end. Do you want the first round pick? Like, do you want the first overall pick? Is this is this a preferable pick? My feeling is yes. That's then. That's really why I, I, that was my point. I think in saying it was like the beginning. And I went into it this year. I'm talking about not this episode. But this year, I was like, I don't know. Do I want the number one pick? Like, I don't like that that waiting forever. But then, like, the more I've mocked it, the more I'm like, damn, I like this pick. <laughs> like, I feel like my team is really, really good. Um, it gets a little sketchier a few picks down. We'll talk about that coming up. I don't necessarily like to be like the second or third pick. I like to be kind of a little bit later because I feel like. I don't know who's going to finish second this year. I feel like there's a lot of candidates. About seven guys, right? And I'd rather. So I like to kind of see like a, a near the end of that, 
right, so I can get up a little sooner and get the guys I really, really want. I'd rather see so, Curry slip to six, and then I get another slip of a second-round player. Um, I've seen a there's a go look at the ADPs, right? There's a lot of ADPs, like four, five, six players who all are basically one ADP uh, away from each other, and then it suddenly jumps like nine picks. That means there is really no consensus, um, hardly at all, in any round this year. This is a last year was kind of a um, let's say a year of change, a lot of new faces in the in the first and set finishing in, in the overall top 30, um, overall top 50, a lot of new players, right? Uh, there's a lot of turn, and I think that means people don't have um, a lot of historic numbers to fall back on. And I think we're, we're seeing people reach for young players. We always do, but I think we're, I feel like we're seeing it more and more uh, this season. So we're seeing a lot of good players like Middleton, like Drew Holiday slip, uh, as they always do. And I think I'm, I'm just finding a lot of bargains there with this first round pick yeah. and as you as we heard i think i think you that uh fantasy draft is a little bit like the actual nba like there are a lot of parody there's a lot of really good players there's a lot of more a lot more guard centric play right like we used to see you know back in the 80s 90s like you know john stockton gets you a 10 assists a game and nobody else on the team can get you one now we got how many teams where like the leading guy is like five, six, and there's four guys getting you over four. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot more parity in the stats as well as in the like roles. Yes, absolutely. It's it's hard to find those outlier guys like Trey Young, which I think is what makes those types of guys more valuable. When you can find like a like a Draymond Green, right? Like people overlook him because he doesn't score, but like seven rebounds, seven assists. Who's getting seven assists anymore? Nobody. Like, we talked about that before. Like, there's literally seven assists is in the top ten. Seven assists is damn near the top five. That's wild. And you got a guy going that late to give you that big of a boost in assists when you already got Jokic, you already got Fred VanVleet. Um, this is a hell of a team. I'm gonna post these teams on Patreon.com. Slash watching the boxes for free. Go check that out. And if you want to support the show, please do. It's only a couple bucks a month. Uh, if this is valuable to you, send us a few bucks. That would be fantastic. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. Find me at Watch the Boxes. Um, if you also want to follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, we're going to be doing a little bit more stuff there as we approach the uh, season. And we're going to have some guest stars now that I'm back. In Chicago, finally, after traveling probably far too much, going to a, a very lovely wedding in New Mexico, um, I'm going to have a little bit more time to sit in, directly in front of my computer and look at basketball stats, which um, I suggest if you all do that uh, as much as I do, it's good to take a, a long break from it as well. So uh, be, all the best to all our listeners. The NBA is back. Real basketball is back. And your drafts are coming up soon, so hit us up. We'll be back soon with another Who Do I Draft, and we will see you next time.